Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhaj of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, today, I have a dear friend, Sue Lindberger, with us. And I always screw up her last name. I think it's something that you and I will probably discuss for a very long time. I was thinking, as you said, I'm pretty sure she said it wrong. <laughs> I did. I said Lindberger. It's Lindberger. And I, there's, there's some mental block with that. I don't know. And we've had this joke over the years. So uh, Sue and I have... Uh, started working uh, together quite a while back and um, and she's a specialist uh, in uh, with trauma so she complete continues to work uh, I would say predominantly with trauma and um, issues related to any kind of traumatic events that you may be experiencing in your life Sue's been on the show before and we had fantastic feedback her, about her time with us so we thought we would do I'm going to call it a Christmas season edition, because last year when we did it, we talked a lot about uh, what people are experiencing over, over Christmas. So Suze, thanks a lot again for coming on to spend some time with us. So let's, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of what you're seeing with people uh, or have been seeing it, let's say in the last say three, four, six months with most of the clients that you're seeing, what are some of the things that people are coming forward with uh, now that we've kind of been into this kind of space for almost, I would say it's almost like 18 months, 20 months. You know, as you know, I'm not too sure exactly where all your listeners are from, but being in Ontario, we had numerous lockdowns where we weren't allowed to see anybody in person or get together in person. So we were doing a lot of video uh, sessions. I was doing only video sessions for the longest time. And it really feels like the last six months since we've opened up, I have been bombarded with, you know, people that were waiting, I think, to be able to see somebody in person. I think people kind of holding on tight during this journey, thinking they can get through it and it'll be over soon. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like a real flood of people that have um, held on really well, done really well, but it's just becoming too much. So, you know, any, any, any other, as we all know, regardless of a pandemic, we're dealing with life stressors. And so I've really noticed an increase in requests and I've noticed an increase in people coming to speak to me, not just about what's going on for them or maybe their past you know, traumas, but also a lot more um, direct correlation to the pandemic. Really, really a lot more you know, losing a sense of hope. Um, the anxiety seems to be through the roof, uh, especially for younger people, you know, who may not have had enough opportunity, a life experience to understand the, the waves of life who really are, you know, afraid to trust that things are going to be okay, expecting things to go back, go sideways, you know, as it has on and off for a year and a half. You know, it's been pretty intense, the, the changes and the fear. And so I would really say, you know, 
an increase. And I think that seems to be pretty common for many therapists. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when people are reaching out, they're hearing that there's wait lists, or I wonder sometimes too, of just therapists, you know, being tired themselves. That's another thing, right? That's very, mm-hmm. that it's, it's Ab- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, cause obviously there are people too, and they've been like anybody else kind of, um, maybe not critically at the front lines, like we would say, like people with some of the hospitals or whatever, but really um, have worked throughout the pandemic, seeing people because, you know, like with your um, caseload and stuff like that, if you have critical people, there's no way you can just kind of put a pause in it. You go online, which is less than ideal sometimes, but you kept you kept seeing people. So I, I think two things that I, I think I've heard a lot um, from other therapists and you're just with myself as well, is that um, a lot of people are feeling a lot more anxious. You know, people that were having anxiety before and were maybe potentially managing, but now it's almost like it's times 10 where they're kind of uh, flooded ongoing. They're functioning but they're functioning enough just to get through a day. And then there, a lot of people are talking about having crashes or more um, panic attacks. I, I don't know if that's something that you're finding a, a bit more with the people that you're seeing. Yeah, certainly more anxiety. And I think, you know, just exhaustion and being overwhelmed because regardless of what the job it, it is that you're doing, and I think we can identify that some jobs you know, there's been more uh, direct impact on restrictions and their work environment, but there's no work environment that hasn't been impacted. So, mm-hmm. you know, not only are we just doing the job that we have to do, wherever that may be, we're also now dealing with, um, you know, all the restrictions and the changes there, the fear that, you know, mm-hmm. that's instilled, and then also our regular lives, you know, what's going on for your own family, your extended mm-hmm. family, you know, with this this pandemic and the issues around that, you know, if we were to talk about um, the holidays and just get togethers and if you have families that, you know, have differences of opinions, that's still going on. The, the one thing I, it just made me think of, I went into a store last week and I saw a sign and it said, I can't recall, I'm just, it's just coming to my mind right now, but something along the lines of, you know, being rude to our staff will not be tolerated something along those lines and I just thought my gosh you know to think that you have to uh, you know highlight what would just be of course you we we, you know we're not Mm -hmm. supposed to be treating people badly but I think people are short people are frustrated Mm -hmm. you know even getting my groceries yesterday you know you have to wait till the person in front of you has loaded all their stuff up and the person before me had was doing a shop looks like for the month and just those little things and Mm -hmm. you know so that the person that has to say no you know to me I wonder what happens with all the other people how they're responding to it we're tired we're frustrated we're stressed and just that ripple effect that's happening I think so I think I think you're so right. I mean, you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, things are they're doing things kind of rote. They're getting through it, but like that tiredness, like wanting the year to kind of be done. It's kind of like it's kind of like that, you know, everybody keeps saying kind of the new normal, um, this new plateau that supposedly we've gotten to, but really um it's it's we're still in a flux 
because we're now not at a complete lockdown, obviously, but we're still kind of fearful, like you said, whether you're going, you know, and, and sometimes I forget when I go to this, the stores as well soon, I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm my, maybe thinking about getting a little bit closer and then you, you feel the, the reaction of the person that you get close to and then you realize, oh my goodness, I just kind of broke a, I would say a social norm now. Oh, am I, what's that person doing? And then it kicks in that, in fact, I've kind of broken that, you know, invisible rule about the social distancing. And then at first I'm put off, but then I think, oh my goodness, like that's kind of how we all really had to live for a very long time. And supposedly we're not on lockdown, but now where, where are we? Right. Well, and I think people will, and yeah, just, I was thinking at the grocery store, the lines, right. You know, there's arrows telling you which way to go. And it's interesting, you know, I, it's, it's when you think of in a day of an, of a quote, typical day, you know, there's a lot involved in having to carry that, right? Mm-hmm. The stress of doing it right, the stress of not getting it right. How are you going to be perceived? Even just how you feel about it. That's a lot that gets added into just something that we added on to what we have to get done. Um, but I will say, you know, the, the, it's not just what's happening now. It's what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Is it coming? Is it not coming? How can I plan? How can I? And I see that with a lot of clients, this not having control. And, and maybe questioning, you know, people that I think are, have lived their lives by being rule followers, you know, really feel, um, you know, really feel quite uh, committed to doing the right thing are really struggling when some of these rules that are ever changing um, aren't always making sense. And then caught in that place, right? Do I you know, I have to do something because I'm supposed to, but I I don't really understand it. Mm -hmm. It's not making sense to me. And so I think, yeah, all these little things are creating a really tired society. I think we're tired. Absolutely. And, you know, as you and I sit across from each other on on Zoom uh, for people listening and, um, you know, so many, uh, much of our days now are um, focusing on kind of, you know, I'm seeing part of your head and trying to read your cues. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what part of the brain, but they're talking about that whole concept of Zoom fatigue that I don't have the whole, all of you to read nuances. I can do your intonation of your voice, but still I'm not seeing your body and how it presents. So we're, there's certain parts of the brain that we're actually over-functioning because we're having limited capacity to read what's on the screen. So that again, too, plays into that tiredness and how many of us are, if you're seeing, if you're working full time, you know, between meetings or, you know, sessions online, um, all those things, you know, so that depletion over and above the, the tiredness of physically going to work is different from, I think, the mental that we're using, you know, that we're needing to focus in on, on the computer. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then just of everything else that has to get done in a day, right? Right, so right. Typical expectations of of carrying the responsibility or the weight of that or the worry of that, and I do wonder now that you've mentioned it. Just you know, we're not in three D, right? So I wonder mm-hmm. we're losing that kind of sensation of um, a richness, right? You're flat. So let's talk a little bit about that because I know you and I uh, prior to when we were prepping to talk. I, t- I talked a little bit about some of my experiences with teenagers and um, 
you know, developmentally, you, you and I know, and I'm sure a lot of people listening that teenagers, you know, it's an awkward stage as it is, right? You know, you kind of, you're not a kid, you're not an adult. And that's really when we, I often say your practice being awkward. <laughs> so hopefully you could come on the other side with some semblance of what it is to kind of test the adult world. How have you found um, some of the people or the younger adults that you're dealing with in reference to connection and communication and what are, what are, what are they experiencing or, or reporting around um, kind of that skill development for that stage? Yeah, interesting to say in regards to throughout the pandemic, my concern has been significantly, you know, and obviously I'm not working with, well, not obviously, but I don't work with little kids. That's a whole other, you know, under the age of 12, but, you know, developmentally, it's a whole other realm of impact. I think it's been heartbreaking in regards to working with the teenagers. As I said, I don't think they have enough life experience to understand that things, you know, will get better. Things will change. They haven't, they haven't lived through that to know that. So I think this, you know, and we know the peer influence, you know, the connection, that socialization, mm -hmm. you know, normally pulling away a little bit from your parents. It, it's just been so compromised. Um, doing video school, losing that, you know, like you said, that natural rhythm of going through learning how to, to get through that awkwardness and coming out. It's been, I think, very much compromised. And the anxiety, you know, has really been pretty profound that I've seen and quite heartbreaking. It's, you know, one thing I will say is that I, I really think it's important for us as much as possible of parents of teenagers to really model, you know, as much as we can. I, I don't want to blame any parents, you know, but I certainly will say for the parents that were having a harder time, were more fearful, it was impacting their jobs, became more stressed, maybe more angry or irritated, you know, by this lack of what's happening. I think, you know, there's still that modeling that will occur. Um, so, you know, parents that were very scared and really trying to maybe follow the rules weren't letting their teenagers see anybody. And so we can understand trying to do the right thing. But I think that lack of socialization, then I, I think this has happened for all of us, is that we've adjusted and adapted to being isolated and withdrawing. And all the, you know, many teenagers would say it's so much work to try to connect now with my friend. Because, you know, where are we going to be? You know, are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? Your family, you know, our friends, what can we do? Where can we go? Um, so I would hear that a lot. It, it just felt like it was too much work. And then I think what's happened for a lot of us is we've got, we've adapted to isolating a little bit more. And so now it's anxious. It creates anxiety to reach out again. So, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I think I was saying that to you, like with myself, you know, yeah. you kind of get accustomed to being, you know, you're working like, you know, we're doing this and you're, you know, getting through your day and whatever. And then, you know, and then you think, okay, well, I live here. I work here like with myself and I'm sure a lot of people listening. And then you kind of got to the point where you weren't allowed to do things. So you kind of got away from some of the basic things. And now you have to really, I found myself thinking it through right? to say, oh, I should leave the house today because I hadn't left the house for a couple of days. Right. And me, and you know, me being as extrovert as I am, 
even that muscle within me, it's been something that I've had to practice again, going, oh, I'm going down the falls, kind of thing, which is like, you know, 10 minutes, no big deal. But it's, it's even as an adult, you, you're getting in that rhythm and that tempo where you're kind of getting accustomed to, you know, working at home and everything being at home that you really have to, in a way, give yourself a bit of a shove to start just getting out to do the basics. You obviously we were getting out to do groceries and stuff like that, but just even, um, you know, to try something again, because you can go to a restaurant or, you know, to, to go back to something like a, a gym or something like that. I think our brains are still in hibernation a bit about the fact that we can start to now go out and, and try to do some activities we used to again. And it's the, um, the catch up effect, right? Like over this 18 months, it's just this buildup of, um, of changing and adapting. And again, I think it speaks to us being tired and just kind of exhausted. So although, you know, and not just getting out because a lot of people don't work from home, but it, I, I really believe strongly, it's not just getting out to, to do the mundane things, but it's where are we making room to have some joy? Where are we making room to be excited? And, you know, we know typically to plan things, it takes time. It takes a little bit of work, right? Coordinating it with friends or whoever, you know, coordinating with your time and, and amongst, you know, other responsibilities. And if you have kids, you know, I think it's, yeah, how do you make time to find some joy again in your life and prioritizing that? And I, even when you don't really feel like it, it's become easier not to. And going into these winter months. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's two things I want to focus on. You talked about the vaccinated, not vaccinated. So let's talk a little bit about the tension that that create is creating. It's it's a ripple effect in people's families, a ripple effect in their in their um, you know their support systems, kind of even communities. Like if people are going to do. So I want to talk a little bit about what you've been seeing with people, how they're how they're kind of managing or mitigating some of those circumstances around, am I vaccinated? You're not vaccinated. You know, the one person, two, two rows over is or isn't. And what, what you've been seeing, how people have been coping with that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, interesting when people started to come in, um, I never asked, but everybody wanted to, that was how we started our conversation. You know, people would say I'm double vaccinated. And I wouldn't respond um, because I didn't feel, I didn't want to, I didn't want to contribute to that, you know, it, and it doesn't really matter whether I am or not. It's, I didn't want to respond to that. And I, and just interesting, I remember not too long ago for the first time in a year and a half, not that it happens a lot, but it happens occasionally. Somebody went to shake my hand and there was this like, what, you know, what, what are you doing? It, it felt and it's not that I was opposed to doing it. It was that we've been out of the habit of doing it. Mm -hmm. So that was an interesting um, reflection of just unconsciously how we've been adapting. I, am, I, I said this to somebody the other day. I'm very grateful to be in the position of offering a safe space because I, I, I had the opportunity to talk to somebody months ago that is, we, we had really polarized um, perspectives and my initial thought was, oh, I don't want to talk to you. I don't like, I don't agree with what you're saying. I don't, it's not how I see things. And fortunately, um, we were able to continue our conversation. And that experience was quite profound for me to really recognize my initial reaction was to go uh, other, right? Me and you, you're on the other side. Um, probably, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. 
but in this kind of, it was a real, I really had to feel myself physically, you know, stay put and, and be open at the same time. And, you know, I have a respect for how this person experiences what's going on. It's different than my own. And so I really think through that, it was quite a profound feeling in my body and a real, wow, I, I typically, I think how many of us, nope, I want to stay convicted in my belief. And I want to, I want to seek evidence to prove to myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I think we have to be very, 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 so in my practice, I feel very open to whatever people, their perspectives, but people are being shamed. People are being, you know, either doing the shaming or being shamed for their choices. I think it's creating a lot of fear. It's Mm -hmm. creating a lot of, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, a little bit of an intolerance, you know, and I've said, how do we, I think yeah, I touch base, I'm doing a wellness presentation this Friday. And I, I think there's a lot of stressors going on um, in that work environment. And I, you know, how do we make room to have compassion for other, another person's perspective? This was such a great interview that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. Be sure to tune in next week for part two, so you don't miss out on the amazing content. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.